1: Chicago, it's a toddling town. Truly one of my favorite
0: towns. But you said that there's like 16 cities in America you would say that about. Well, you can't say it's a- one of your favorite towns if you would say that about Los Angeles, Las Vegas, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Austin. Like, which one of those wouldn't you say that for? I would not say that for LA. But I'm uh, saying, but I named like nine. You, you, you're saying it for a lot. So it can't be one of your favorites if you have 13 of them.
1: Okay. At any rate, I love Chicago.
2: <laughs> this is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody.
0: Dad, I want to start this episode by asking you why you were complaining about, like, you're, you're in Chicago right now. I am. And you were complaining about some something on the plane with lines. It's pretty rare that you aren't complaining. So
1: the thing about the the flying and going to the bathroom is that there's a real strategy to it, you know. Like, and and this affected your mother, not me. She because well, mom pees like five every five minutes. I know she can hear me. <laughs> right, exactly. Particularly after she's hammered a couple of coffees. Uh, Coffee? You're gonna say a couple of cocktails? No, but well, that too. But uh, mostly coffees. But. So we're in the middle of the plane, you know, like we're on in the 14th aisle or something. Really slumming it. Yeah, we're way up front. Well, it's southwest, so there's not even any first class. But we're in the middle of the plane. The lavatory we're using is way up near the cockpit. And that would have been another good name for the University of South Carolina mascot, the
0: cockpit. That no one heard us talking about that before the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, <my God>. right.
1: <laughs>
0: That's right, the cockpit. We were talking about the Cock Commander as a nickname, but let's not even go there. I love the idea of no one knowing about that as a story and just being like, yeah, I was talking about the Cock Commanders before the show, like with <laughs> no context. <laughs> South Carolina's mascot is, gonna, is I think, going to be called Cock Commander if you haven't well, heard the story. It, it, South Carolina's mascot will be renamed the Cock Commander only if the university
1: president... And the athletic director are ready to give their resignations because that is just ain't gonna <laughs> But, um, that's a little bit. Uh, listen, I'm not a prude, the opposite, but that's a little bit over the top for. Yeah,
0: like, but a cockpit would have been a terrible name for that. Bird. Oh, I think you, it would have been great. You, you just wanted to reference that story, I think. That's true. <laughs> It'd be great for the student section, but bad for a mascot. Yeah. Student section. That's good.
1: So the thing about urinating in an airplane is that um, you, you have to time it. So Because if you don't time it, if you're waiting in your seat until the light goes off and they come out of the door, somebody ahead of you is going to race in front of you and get to that.
0: Dad, I feel like this is not that. Like I feel like it's a long flight. At some point, you look up, it's green. You get up and go. Like I, Is this like a real stressful thing for you?
1: Well, it wasn't for me, but it was for your mother.
0: Okay, that's true.
1: And I told her she should loiter illegally near the cockpit, but she wouldn't do that because she's a rules follower. Um, and and then there's also a strategy where the person coming back out of the bathroom is coming right back to their seat, not allowing your mother to go first before they then come back. Can you picture what I'm talking about? Right. Okay. I know it, it probably doesn't sound like much right now, but it was high stress
0: at 30,000 feet. Like the person coming back is like setting a pick right (laughs) yes exactly i i I, I do feel free on that okay thank you my whole strategy is don't do
2: it don't go to the bathroom yeah just hold it i try as hard as i can to not use the bathroom on a plane my wife refuses
0: it is really tight in there it is really tight i don't mind it why does your wife refuse
2: it's just (laughs) germs man it's gross
0: oh i mean all bathrooms i mean come on like everything you're doing is gross okay there's germs everywhere Oh yeah, yeah. Plus, like, it's not like people are literally urinating on like the walls. Like, people for the most part are. You don't have a son. (laughs) I have a daughter. (laughs) I have a a daughter who has strep throat. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mom's like she has strep throat. Yeah, Yeah. she's fine. She's already like I, I. She's had zero actual symptoms. She just like like was coughing a little bit, had a fever, so we took her to the doctor. Okay. And she has strep throat. But like I'm telling you, it's already because of the medicine. It's already like she's right. She has had full energy. She's been home with me all day today. It's wow. Um, so I'm in Chicago, Chicago. It's a toddler in town and truly one of my favorite towns. But you said here's something... that there's like 16 cities in America you would say that about. Well, you can't say it's one of your favorite towns if you would say that about Los Angeles, Las Vegas, New York, Chicago, uh, Atlanta, uh, Austin. Okay. uh, Like, which one of those wouldn't you say that for? I would not say that for LA. LA is just too big. But I'm Uh, saying, but I named like nine. You're saying it for a lot. So it can't be one of your favorites if you have 13 of them. Okay.
1: At any rate, I love Chicago. (laughs) And here's one thing I did not know about Chicago. We're, we're recording this. I almost said we're filming this. We're recording this
0: Friday. Well, we are. I can see you. Okay, that's fair. Your I nose, know your nose is looking good today, by the way. My nose? It's like it's, it's <laughs> in this zoom, and this angle, like this camera shot. like. Okay. I feel like I'm closer to the camera. It looks like my head is twice look, as large as your you head. You are very you look, close you to your camera. <laughs> you, look <like laughs> Jay, you, look, you look like Jay Leno right now. <laughs> How's this? Good? Better? See my eyebrows. Christ. Give us a limited fake
1: Jay Leno. I don't do a limited fake Jay Leno. I do a Johnny Carson, as you know. I, uh, But <laughs> I did not know this about Chicago until three hours ago. You can smoke marijuana <laughs> legally in Chicago on the streets. It's not a misdemeanor. You don't need a medical uh, license. It's just, it's, I saw a, a guy in front of me with a joint. I used to call them joints. I don't know what they're called now. The size of my middle <laughs> finger and Jesus. and I'm walking behind him in a cloud of smoke. Now I don't have a very good olfactory. I don't. I don't. I can't smell things that other people smell. But obviously, I'm I'm in his cloud. I'm like Linus in a peanuts uh, cartoon strip in a cloud
0: of this guy's smoke. And what reference is that?
1: Well, you know, Linus uh, <laughs> he always walked around in a cloud of his own dirt. That was not okay. Linus. That was Pigpen. It was pig pen. You're right. Oh my gosh. I gosh, Rick, I, 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 just, I said that as a test to see if either of you would know and, and yet he knew. So congrats on that. Okay. Am I the only one who didn't know that marijuana was perfectly legal on the
0: streets of yeah, Chicago? It's, it's a lot of cities that are like that. Like it. Wow. I'm, it's not that's like you, it's weird that you're surprised by that in any city at this point. It's more and more every year. Wow. Okay. But I, I, I didn't, I knew Denver. We need to get a, a, a sounder for whenever my dad does stuff like this where it's like Greg Cody, he's old. Dun, dun, dun. Greg Cody,
1: hell on a horse. What are you talking about? Is old. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, Chicago is the third largest city. In the United States, and I did not know that marijuana had completely been greenlit in Chicago.
0: Cody. What? I never heard of any of that stuff. Is old. Does Mom share your your thoughts on this? Did you know that until today, like me? Yeah,
1: I knew that. You did? Yeah. Why didn't you inform me? <laughs> Could have brought
0: a stash, Willis. <laughs> you can go. That no, you would that 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 that's not the way you would do it in a city that's legal. You would not fly with it because go buy it when you get there. That's Bye. true. That's That's a good point. Like dad, if you want to stash, you can just like go probably two blocks away to a store. That's right. Either, either that or just go up to people in the street and say,
1: "Hey, buddy, are you holding?" That, that's not what you do anymore. Right, is that how, is
2: that all right, Greg? 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 Yeah. How do you? Approach. How do you? How did you find a dealer? Like in back back in your day, how would you go about finding? Yeah, here's a back of my day, or maybe you've already done one on weed. But
0: how did you go find your dealer? How would you in like high school? or Whenever you started smoking weed, like were there phones back then? Uh, <laughs> there were no cell phones. No, so it was just Believe like ring, ring.
1: No cell phones. <laughs> um, I want to preface. I, I, I'm fine talking about this, but I want to preface it by putting it in context. Uh, I did not smoke in in high school. Uh, I did not smoke until well, I take that back. I might have been a senior <laughs> at any rate. Um, and I didn't smoke that seriously
0: or that often, and nothing, oh, nothing other than pot. I never got into any, anything hard. I love the disclaimer right now. Well, a couple of that, you're in a city where it's completely legal. I think you're okay. I
1: know, but I'm, I, I don't want to, for any impressionable listeners out there, I do not condone hard drugs, although I do think, uh, uh marijuana's pretty harmless anyway I, I, I thought you were gonna be like pretty awesome <laughs> okay i'm getting a little nervous even going down this road oh my god I, whatever dad i mean just, just I, no no i will say that uh a, a friend of a friend was the guy i would get uh, an, an ounce of pot from at that time and here's the funny thing which is comical when i look back on it almost like it was a a, a sale going on it wasn't twenty dollars an ounce it was nineteen dollars an ounce which I've <laughs> never forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: weird. You tip oh the guy God. a dollar. And what's the etiquette there? It was twenty dollar. God, it must have been terrible weed. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it, it, it really was. It, it twenty dollars
1: an ounce. <laughs> it was totally weak. You, you had to smoke a whole uh, joint to to feel anything, and it was what we called sticks and stems, or stems and stones, whatever we used to call it. It was basically all seeds and stems. You know. Uh, you, you really had to go through the 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 stems would stick out of the rolling paper. The seeds would you know pop like a kernel of corn. I, I mean, it. it was ridiculous. I Love it, I love looking it. Looking back on it, but I love
2: uh, it. So now I'm curious, you know, because Chris just a few weeks ago was in was in Denver and and you know he he talked about what he was partaking in at the time. So Chris, when when did you first hear about your dad that like he ever uh, that he ever tried
0: that he or used to smoke weed? I'm pretty sure Chris Benson told me once.
2: <laughs> he just <laughs> like, hey, your old man. Like, he, probably when I
0: was like 14 <laughs> right
2: <laughs> All right, what was, it, what was your view of it at the time
0: I don't honestly remember I just like assume that that's probably I don't remember having any like polarizing thoughts on it, it I knew like you know grown ups do that like it was just kind of this like oh, see,
2: that was so far out of like what I had been exposed to yeah and uh, like so I still like I, fa- I still find myself like when I hear like someone I know like that's older than me, and 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 they, like, especially like someone that's my parents' age, and them talking about smoking weed or something like that. My knee-jerk reaction is like, "Oh wow," you know. <laughs> and, then, you- and then and oh, then and then I'm wow. I, yeah, I'm like, "Oh, we're good," you know, whatever. So I mean, you're like care. my
0: dad walking around in Chicago like per- per- clutching his pearls because the guy's smoking a joint. <laughs> yeah, it was a shock, but I can tell you, I can tell you the
1: reason that I quit. Pot, uh was because of was because of christopher um you know i used to smoke uh maybe a joint or a few puffs late at night uh in my own house and uh when it when christopher got old
0: enough when he was whatever i was like daddy what are you doing yeah basically christopher <laughs> i don't service- remember but by the way i have no recollection of any i don't remember you ever I I went most of my life thinking that you never did. Like it wasn't until because- I, I got to my like eighteen or nineteen age where you kind of like admitted like before you were born
1: right (laughs) well up until you were two or three when you were old enough to all of a sudden come out of your uh bedroom at 11 a.m because you couldn't sleep or because you'd seen a monster in the in the closet and say daddy blah blah blah," blah." i didn't want to be smoking pot in a cloud of smoke when you came out there and i'm like all right christopher's old enough now where i gotta make a transition here and so you know at that point that things changed so now when did you find out about Chris? Um, I don't. I don't think there was a, a, a gotcha moment. I don't remember catching him doing anything, or you know, it just it it became. I think gradually he, he admitted that it's something he did, and you know, I, I don't know, Christopher. Do you have a
2: recollection of how I found out? Or nah? Dang, I've picked a terrible topic, haven't I?
0: <laughs> no, I I did it late. Like I I wasn't doing it like in high school and stuff. It was really like after high school I picked it up a little. <laughs> Mom's in the background going. Of Christopher,
1: probably because he reeked of it and his eyes were red. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, uh, I actually remember with mom having more of like a gotcha moment because I remember I was talking on the phone with somebody in my bedroom and like your office is like right there and my door was open and that door was open and I was having like just had a dumb moment and didn't like think about who was around and I was like talking at a full voice with some friend like all right yeah I'll come over and let's we'll smoke. And oh, like, wow, and then like I walk out of my room and Mom's just like sitting in the office like looking at me just like, all right, I don't know if Mom remembers that, but I remember that. Wow, we'll smoke, huh does mom does mom remember it? you remember that
3: which time
0: which time she <laughs> mom she's just doing a stand up comedy set, yeah, right now. she is all right. <laughs> deadpan deadpan erlene,
1: um yeah, that was uh those were the days and and I stopped smoking, and uh, maybe Christopher has too, I don't know, yep, yeah. <laughs> Really? Are this hour. Here? This hour I have. Okay. <laughs> temporarily, right? Um, I I want to talk about um the Wade World Tour. Oh, God. Okay. Dwayne Wade, and they hashtag this. It's hashtag Wade World Tour. It's when he and his wife, um, Gabrielle, uh, the, the actress union. Dad, rich people travel. I know, but do they have to broadcast it so that poor people get to see all of their opulence? Really? World? I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. Dad, we you do that. I do that as little as well. I'm. I'm not. I'm not telling no, this you. This is all a spectrum here. You know how huh? many
0: people? You know how many people or friends that you have probably look at your life and like, wow, he's always, oh, he's on another cruise, uh, like, oh, in Keys this weekend, and you're posting a picture. Like, it's all on a spectrum. You're pretty high up in that. You know, you have you live a good life, and you, I you do. post I, things. I, I, I suppose it's a matter of perspective. You know, when when I'm at Sloppy Joe's
1: in the Keys. And post a photo of me holding a a, a metal rooster. I right. don't consider
0: that the epitome of opulence. <laughs> right. It Nobody will, but and Braggadocio. Yeah. They're Are I, they doing I'm
2: media just, stuff on it and that's why they're promoting it?
0: Yeah, I'm sure they're getting paid. I'm sure they're posting what boat they're on and they're getting oh, that boat for free. Um, yeah, it's a moneymaker. Right. They're traveling like, with a professional photographer. It's part of their business then, Greg. But like my but like I'm j I see that and I'm just like, God, that would be awesome. Yeah. Last time I noticed uh they
1: were on a yacht vacation to Spain, and uh, and something was going overboard on the yacht. And you know what was going overboard? The hmm. PDAs, the personal displays of affection. Say <laughs> okay. your next headline in the Herald. <laughs> oh, God. That's right.
0: you uh, might have another another cold open. <laughs> Dwayne, if you're listening to this, I I'm sorry. Um, I'm not. What is your? Real, I feel like this is one of those things where you're just faking it here. Like, are you actually angry about this? I'm not angry. I'm bemused. And it's not. I'm using Wade as a launch
1: point. I'm bemused by mega wealthy celebrities who just flout and flaunt their opulence. And, I'm and looking at you,
0: I'm looking at your Twitter account right now. If you've posted one picture in Chicago, I'm like, this is the most like. And I, I did not, did I? <laughs> or your Instagram? Like, I love you. Were like, I had a picture. I'm gonna post, but now I won't. No, I didn't, and and I can't. <laughs> You know, your mother is a little more
1: involved on social media than oh, I. Stop it. Dad, this is, this. Is, I don't like this take by you. This okay. is a, this is pretty. I have a pretty consistent track record. I'm not on social media bragging about how much money I'm spending, what hotel I'm at, um, you know, where I'm headed next.
0: Retweeting I, I'm... the social media posts promoting this show. Right. My dad, he's too proud to do that. I always text him. I know I'm not even that great about it, but I do it more than he does. I know. You, but Yeti
2: works really hard on these, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but what don't I do? what are you talking about you don't
0: ever retweet stuff for the show on your personal account which has the most followers of all of us like when
2: the show drops you do but then all right right, right, yeah let's let's peel peel the curtain back i'll get these texts from greg guys i've not yet seen a social media post posted yet yeah and nothing tweeted nothing on instagram and then i'm like yeah i'm greg i'm working on it real busy trying to get it done yeah i'll have it soon and i'll get it out And then nothing. Yeah, just absolute crickets from the host of this show, ladies and gentlemen,
1: Jay Leno. Here's the reason. A couple of reasons, actually. One is that I also tweet out columns I've just written. Okay, and if I write a column that posts at 11 a.m. and I tweet that out, I don't want to trample
2: that tweet with an (sighs)
1: immediate. Not how
0: Twitter works. That's not.
2: No, I think about this. I think about things the same way too, though, Greg.
0: Thank do. you don't want to go too close yes you don't want to go back, to back but there's plenty of time in the day my dad has this weird thing he just showed it right there it's this weird stick up his ass don't even know if i can say this on a podcast but that's what he has about it <laughs> he just thinks he thinks that there's like a limit to like if you tweet too much if i have he's like i can't retweet four things in one day like to him right. <laughs> he has some thought in his brain that that's just not Yes. But, like, there's plenty of hours in the day where you could do one at 9 a.m., noon, 4, and 9 p.m., and that is just, like, not a person. He he doesn't want to be seen as, like, Twitter guy, and it's like, no, you're just promoting your stuff. Like, you need to do that more. Yeah. Like, Yeti's 1,000% right right here, and I need to do it more, but I do it more than you do. Twitter tells me I average 45 tweets a month which is about one and a half a day and that's natural to me i do that many mariners tweets in a, in a day but you're promoting stuff dad that is a that is a very low amount for someone who's trying to put out a co- like pot promote podcasts promote columns and like just being your own tweets yeah that is way too little tweets okay way
1: too little all right i'm gonna start uh ramping up that from 45 a month to 450 a month. I'm going to start tweeting about 15 times a day, minimum. Roy tweets 450 a day. I know. And and he's an exhausting follow. (laughs) Exalo. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, Mike Mike Ryan tweets too much. You know, there's certain people... Who just tweeted and that's how you lose followers. By the way, I just surpassed a hundred
0: thousand followers. Oh, congrats, Dad! Yeah, thanks, Christopher. Thanks, yeah. you. Good job. But your your podcast account is not nowhere close to that. Okay. Imagine all the eyes that could be on the the podcast account every week. Okay. And I do that, and and despite all that attention,
1: uh, the Mount Gregmore petition has limped up to now two hundred <laughs> and thirty five signees.
2: It's gotten seven in the last so. week. <laughs> Dad. let's right. get
1: to our uh interview, oh yeah, Jim March. Wow, do I set this up in the interview itself because i i, I would like to give a proper intro to this guy and what he's meant in my career. May I do that? You do in the interview, but you you can give a quick preamble, oh God, okay, well, basically, Jim March is the guy who hired me at the miami herald and and long story short, if he hadn't, I'm not at all convinced I would have gone on and and continued to pursue this career
0: that I happen to find, yeah, this is all in there, okay. <laughs> Okay, but that's this that's is how much he means
2: to me. In other words, Jim Martz is the guy to blame. Exactly.
0: I don't wanna like I, I don't wanna poo-poo this. This is a cool interview. This is literally the guy that started it all for my dad at the Miami Herald. Let's check it out.
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: maybe 10 even now having technical issues, which is the least surprising thing in the world. <laughs> here we go. Oh,
1: something positive has happened. Hello. Hello, Jim.
3: I am here. Jim yes yeah i hear you are we supposed to see each other well
0: no on uh, the way we did it is just a phone call this is kind of the last option oh this is good for us our podcast is just audio so if this works for you we're prepared to just do it like this i am too all right let's just do it this way okay are we sure that jim's sound is good enough though this this is it sounds
1: good are you sure? Doesn't sound real good to me. Great, you sound great. Sounds like you're right here.
0: I know. My dad is not the uh, audio specialist around here. Can you hear him, okay. Dad? It could just be your headphones. It could be. It could be. Let's just, yeah, Jim.
1: Let's just go ahead with this. I'm sorry we can't see you. I'll 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 just picture what you looked like the last time I saw you, which was in a UM press box, I think.
3: I haven't changed. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, let's uh, let, let me give you a, a about as formal an intro as we get on this informal podcast. Um, uh, it, it's a treat to have this guy on because uh, he hired me. He's to blame for my entire career, probably. Um, <laughs> Jim Martz, uh dean of tennis writers in in the state of Florida, launched Florida Tennis Magazine uh, thirty years ago. Still publishes it. Uh, uh, I knew him because he was the Miami Herald tennis writer for I think about twenty years, and and uh, also a, a Miami Hurricanes football expert who's written like four books on canes football so uh jim was the broward sports editor of the miami herald when i answered an ad in the newspaper um for a a part-time sports clerk way back in 1972 and um i must say the people who created greg cody were my parents but the person who created the public greg cody that you all know is our guest, Jim Mart? So Jim is both to to credit and to blame. Jim, uh, welcome to the podcast.
3: Thanks very much. Yes, it's all my fault, Gray. What can I say after all these years? Right,
0: exactly. (laughs) Now, I kind of want to push my dad out of the way here, and I want you to, like, do you remember hiring my dad? Because it would make me laugh if you didn't.
3: Oh, I absolutely do remember. Okay. When I ran that uh, little ad in the Broward section of the Herald, it was about maybe three paragraphs saying we were looking for someone to answer the phones on Friday nights and take high school football results and basketball results and write short little stories, and I, to my surprise, I think I got fifteen to twenty responses wow. from people of all walks of life, including a woman who was a girls' gym instructor in high school. And I got when I got Greg's application, that one stood out because it included an article that you had written for the school paper. It. MacArthur High School at Hollywood, and you were critical of the football coach and the program, and deservedly so, because they hadn't won a game that year. I think they are like 0-9 or 0-10, but the reason that jumped out to me is not that I'm looking for something negative, but it meant that the high school coach or mentor that you had who was running the school paper was willing to let you express your opinion. You know, most school papers would say... We can only run things that are positive yes. news. We just can't run anything like that. And when I realized that they were letting you express your opinion to me as a journalist, that's good news, yeah, and so yep. that that made the big difference in why you got hired,
0: wow, it's because your high school newspaper editor was good at their job, you got hired, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, Jim is referring to
1: the uh, the MacArthur High Times newspaper um, adult advisor, who was a, a woman named Cheryl O'Connor, and and you're right, Jim. She was uh, really a, a trailblazer at that time because it was unheard of for high school newspapers to have articles critical about the high school football team, and. I remember being cornered next to a water cooler once by three or four big offensive linemen who didn't particularly enjoy what I was writing in the school paper, uh, <laughs> and and threatened, literally threatened me. So
0: you're right about uh, it being very unusual at that time. Now I know hindsight's twenty twenty though, Jim. My dad, did we hire him because we saw something in him, or was it because he was the cheapest option? Let's be real. <laughs>
3: I am being real, and that's the real reason. And the good news is, all these years later, Greg, you're still being critical of coaches and programs and (laughs) owners of teams and so forth. Debatable. And I think that's great. Excellent. That's the way journalism is supposed to be.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's
3: true. Let me just throw in a, a little commercial, if I can. Um, even though I only hired a few people over the years in my two stints as the Broward Sports Editor, I'll put my record up of hiring against just about anybody else, because I did hire Dave Hyde, wow. Ken Rodriguez, and George Richards, who all were very successful at the Herald. Wow. Dave started, you know, as a writer there. I can't get full credit for hiring Dave because he was first interviewed by the managing editor of the Herald. Okay. Uh, but then they asked me to take Dave out to lunch and and see what I think. And I said, we should hire him. And of course, he goes on the Sunset loan. He's been, uh, you know, a great columnist for them for all these years, just as you have with the Herald. And then George Richards... Who went on to at uh, the Herald to cover the uh, Florida Panthers? Believe it or not, he was recruited from the uh, checkout line at Publix. He was a student at Cooper City High School, and he's he's bagging my uh, groceries at Publix. And he looks at me and he says, "Are you Jim March, the writer at the Herald?" <laughs> and I had to admit that yes, I was. And that started his career.
0: Wow! Can you rank those three for us: Dave Hyde, George Richards, and Greg Cody? <laughs>
3: i'll I'll put dave uh one a behind greg at one
0: wow how about that i thought we were about to get our headline
1: yeah jim knows whose podcast he's on (laughs) um Jim, uh, I, w- I would love it if you would remind me uh, what kind of a kid I was at age 17, because I honestly, like, was I nervous in that interview? What, what impression did I give you? What kind of things were you asking me? Uh, take me through that interview a little bit.
3: I don't remember a thing about that interview. Ah. Believe it or not, what you had written, uh, that was the key thing in getting hired, because I'm looking for bodies more than anything else. Gotcha and you were a (laughs) bot. What I do remember is it seemed like when you went to Broward Community College, it seemed like you were there forever because you were working so many hours part-time for the Herald. I thought, is this guy ever going to finish BCC? And then sure enough, you didn't. You went to FAU, I believe. And it seemed like that took a while also, but you were always working more part-time hours than any intern at the Herald.
1: Well, let me let me tell you something, Jim. It, it took me, and I'm not proud of this by any means. It took me about seven or eight years to get two two-year college degrees, a uh, 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 bachelor degree included at FAU. And the reason it took me so long, looking back, is that I worked the as drugs. Man, I worked. As, <laughs> I worked as many as 39 hours a week for the Herald. So I was technically part-time, but all but full-time. So I literally had to sneak in one or two class credits at a time while working all but full-time. So the Herald really took advantage of me <laughs> as I look back on it. Um, but um, but it all sort of um, worked out. And and Jim, when I say that... Now you're uh, taking advantage of them. In what sense? <laughs> I'm just joking. i just okay. joking. <laughs> <laughs> when... Uh, <laughs> That's too close to the truth, Christopher. Let's be careful with that. Um, (laughs) No, when I... when I say, Jim, that you were responsible for my career, I think it's because I don't remember me at 17 having a whole lot of uh, drive and initiative. I don't think I knew at that time exactly what I wanted to do for a living, despite having written for the school paper. And um, I I think if you hadn't hired me, I don't know that I was going to pursue it. I don't know that I would have been looking for another ad in in the paper, or, you know, I might have just gotten a job bagging groceries at the time and just gone on to do something totally out of the the public eye. So it, it really Makes me believe in fate a little bit. Just the idea of, of how things that are meant to happen are meant to happen. But uh, but you definitely were uh... <laughs> no question. Just that's right.
3: <laughs> that's exactly right.
1: <laughs> there was no question at the end of that.
3: Greg, I think we should also give credit to the late John Wolden because after I was Broward Sports Editor and went working again full time at the Herald office in Miami, John came along as sports editor. For the Broward Herald, he'd been at the Sun Sentinel, yep. and he did a great job in helping you, I believe, with writing and so forth. Oh, yes. And I, did, I have a John Wolin story, if you have time for it.
1: Absolutely. John Wolin was a, a great mentor and, and friend.
3: He was. He was uh, covering high schools at the same time I was covering high schools for the Herald. He was at the Sun Sentinel. And one night, on a Friday night, we were covering a, a high school football game, I think with Billard and Plantation, at Lockhart Stadium, and a violent thunderstorm came and wiped out the game at halftime. Well, we had to still file our stories. And after we filed them, we're walking out to the parking lot, and we discovered that we had been locked in <laughs> to Lockhart Stadium. The gates were locked, we couldn't get out of the parking lot without climbing a fence. <laughs> well... John Wallen was a little person, and there'd been such a heavy rain. I'm not exaggerating. The rain was halfway up to his waist. Yeah. Carrying his laptop, my laptop, we managed somehow or other to climb over that fence, and the rest is history. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Wow.
1: I would, love, uh, I would love to see John Wollin scaling a fence. I just cannot picture that. But, uh, uh, wow. That's, uh,
3: well, he, he got over that, including the barbed wire at the top. Jesus. That's crazy. <laughs> uh,
1: Jim, uh, before we let you go, I want to uh, tap into your uh, expertise down a couple of other avenues. Uh, I'm curious what you think of um, uh, year one of the Mario Cristobal era at the U. Uh, wh- what do you foresee for that program moving forward?
3: Well, in some ways, you could look at it as saying every year it's the same for the last 20 years. A lot of optimism about the, about the hurricanes. They're ranked almost every year between 15 and twenty-five because of their name. Right. Same thing with Texas and USC. And then they give you a tease, and then they fall apart. Yes. <laughs> I think this is going to be different for two main reasons. One, The hiring of Cristobal as a head coach with a lot of great experience at the highest level. And he has shown those results out at Oregon by getting to the Rose Bowl and winning the Pac-10, 12, 15, whatever their number is, conference title, and the great staff that he has hired. It's got to be as good as any staff in the country. The other thing that stands out with me, and I noticed this last year in watching his game when Oregon... Went to Ohio State and they won the battle on the uh, up at the line on both offense and defense, and they dominated Ohio State in Columbus. Even though the final score was close, that game told me that showed a lot of the old Hurricane days when they'd go into a hostile environment and they'd basically take no prisoners and just say, they're not going to be bothered by anything. And that totally convinced me then, lamy Miami's got to go out and get Mario Cristobal, give them the money that they need to hire good staff and, and go from there. And sure enough, it happened. It's hard to believe that they hired him and Dan Ratajkowicz, but they did.
1: I, I think that that's, I was about to say, they hired a superstar AD from Clemson who used to be at UM and also gave him a big piece of coin and um piece of coin and for the first time i think miami is spending like other big programs for the first time so um i think that's been a key jim you uh i know you you love tennis and and you and i used to play tennis a lot together back in our younger days um what are your thoughts on on serena seeming to call it quits although being a little bit vague about that um she's the greatest ever right
3: She is the goat for women's tennis there's no question about it um well, physically, mentally, everything else, she's got the total, total game. I go back in her career, back when she moved from Compton with the family to Greenleaf Resort up near Orlando at Haines City, and she was working with the great coach, Rick Macy, who'd also developed Roddick and uh, Capriati, <laughs> and so she and. Venus got a great young coaching uh, background under Rick, and that's really what developed their game. I don't think Rick's gotten the credit for that, but he said back then that someday Serena's going to be the better player and win more titles than Venus, and he was absolutely correct. So I give her the – she should be the GOAT, I believe. I think this probably will be her last singles tournament. I'd be surprised if she wins one match. Um, If she does, I think that'd be an upset and I don't think she'd get past the second round. And maybe in double, she'd win a few rounds. Yeah. But I think this will probably be the end for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I certainly agree on on the GOAT status. Um, Jim, uh, I'll let you go. I'm sure we'll bump into each other uh, at a few UM games this fall. And um, in all seriousness, I, I really do appreciate what you meant in my career because you were the starting point. And um, I've really appreciated you over all these years. Thanks. Thanks, Jim.
3: Thank you, Greg. And congratulations for all you've done for journalism and for the Herald and all the great columns that you've written over the years. And someday I'll tell you about my positive things that I have to say about Stephen Ross. I might be the only person in the world saying positive things about Stephen Ross, but that's from a tennis standpoint
1: oh wow yeah well he did yeah okay he he has uh i give stephen Ross great uh credit for his facility improvement and for turning the whole hard rock complex into uh into a wonder world of tennis and and f1 racing and so many things Uh, for sure he gets credit for that not necessarily credit as a great dolphins owner in my opinion but you're right about his influence on tennis he saved the miami open okay that's uh we'll, we'll get to that
0: another day jim uh, Really appreciate it. Thanks much for everything. And and Jim, on the way out, you can confirm for us that you're not Adam McKay. <laughs> Who? <laughs> no, okay, good. I just want to make sure my dad has been fooled recently <laughs> by people pretending to be people named Adam McKay. I just want to make sure you're not Adam McKay. You're actually Jim Martz.
3: Not, not my latest knowledge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. It was very uh, nice meeting you. Yeah, thanks again, Jim. Appreciate Thank- it.
3: Great
1: talk. I look forward to seeing you at the Canes games. Yep, me too. All right, thanks, Jim Marks, uh original mentor and hiree or hireer. Uh really appreciate all you've uh, met in my career. Thanks. You promised that he's not Adam McKay. <laughs> uh, I cannot promise that, but uh, it could be. It could have been Adam McKay, you know. I mean, because of technical difficulties, we could not see Jim. We could only see his name, so
0: there's no assurance. Dad, before we move on, I need, <laughs> you did something before this Jim Martz interview, and Yeti has it cut up right now, and we just need to celebrate you for a second.
1: canoe and Tyler, too, I'll tell you that. Brad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> God, there's just, <laughs> there's just no combination, there's no other human in this world that would do those two things back to back.
1: Tippecanoe and Tyler
0: too, I'll tell you that. Brad, sing that song, and then burp, saying the name Brad, <laughs> like that. It'll I just need to you know that, Dad. Like, like you are unique. Like okay. nobody else is doing that. Right. Not a lot of people are singing tipp- Tippecanoe and Tyler too. I'll tell you that. Like uh-huh. I need someone in our audience to message us on Twitter, Instagram, tell us a word. Your parent says when they burp because my dad has like seven words that he says when he burps and i just want to find some other parent out there that says uh, something other than just a normal burping sound that's true i I admit that it's literally you're a weird guy and that i
1: think is the most odd obviously i'm not saying the name brad
0: i'm saying a sound that sounds like brad you like burp and you just like you need to punctuate a burp with a name that's
2: my favorite part about it is that it's punctuating it's not like you're burping the name brad that makes sense because it brad but
0: like it's you burp and then brad (laughs) (laughs) it's like like burp and then i'm gonna let the air out by being like "Mm, ah brad that's true um, what do you say when you poop? Jonathan! <laughs> I need to hear that again. I need to hear it again. Tip-a-canoe and Tyler, too. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <Who's> that? Brad. <laughs> See? You're like, it's like normal burp. Brad. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And the thing is, is there's a guy on the line who can hear us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's true. Like, you're I'm trying to, I think, lucky. I
0: think that was when I was trying to help him with the Zoom, because God help him. I think you're right. <laughs> I was talking to good old JM and all my dad's doing over here to help is tip of the c- canoe and Tyler too, I tell you,
2: Brad. What is that, Greg? Tip of canoe and Tyler too? What is that?
1: I think that was a campaign slogan for um, the, the in the presidential campaign of Tyler Van Buren. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I could be wrong. It's Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. I'm not sure what Tippecanoe meant at the time. But um, uh, speaking of really old people like Tyler Van Buren, uh, I want to shout out to Udonis Haslam of the Heat for re-upping for a club record 20th season with Miami. That, what an achievement. And here's the take that infuriates me. And, and I haven't seen this much, but I've seen it a little bit. What a wasted roster spot. They need to sign a young player and develop them, not waste a spot on a 40-year-old guy who hardly ever plays. Anybody who says that knows nothing about heat culture, which is a real thing. They know nothing about heat family, which is a real thing. They know nothing about all of the intangibles and off-court stuff that makes the Miami Heat a, a pretty damn successful franchise. And Udonis, he just epitomizes that. Uh, he means so much to that team. He's he's an extra coach in uniform, is
0: exactly what he is. He's a mentor. What he is, is the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA. He could have four years ago, three years ago, become an assistant coach. And it's a testament to the Heat and the relationship that they feel he gets to have with the team that right. he, that would change if he became an actual assistant coach. Yeah. Like they, they value that trust that the team will have in a guy that's practicing with them every day as opposed to putting on a suit. It's just interesting that like that's their tactic. Our transition from the coaching staff to the team is going to be a player coach who just never plays. That's wild.
1: Yeah, and and it's 100% right what you've said. And make no mistake, Udonis Haslam is the mentor who's developing Bam Adebayo as much as any assistant coach is. Um, I think more teams ought to do that, really. But what it takes is a player to really put his ego aside. You know, Udonis Haslam never complains about not playing. Even at his age, he could play in some secondary pro league in Italy or overseas and and still start and probably still average 15 points somewhere. Yeah, but somewhere
0: I, I think he could there are a lot of leagues out there. there are a lot of leagues out there <laughs> maybe in sunrise florida maybe <laughs> i had a dream the other the, the other day i woke up have you ever you guys ever done this where you fall for a fake story like early in the morning you look at twitter and it was like this like nba central stupid twitter account that once i like clicked on it and like saw it, it was like okay this is clearly fake but it had the heat doing like a three-way deal where uh they ended up with donovan mitchell but they gave up bam to brooklyn it was like a three-way deal where ben simmons went to utah (laughs) and it was like i like it just looked kind of like i was just like i just had this moment of oh my god they did that like i would not (laughs) have been happy with that and you know it turned and very quickly realized it was fake but have you guys ever like fallen for like seen a story on twitter and you're like oh my god no uh I have what do you seen, mean you just every story you just like it's either right? Or no, not early in the
2: morning or anything. No, I oh. thought you were talking about like when when you first wake up. You know? Oh, right, no, but just like yeah, I've
1: I've, def- I've definitely seen headlines that don't seem that seem real but not really real, and I immediately. Um, you know, research them and, and find out that that
0: they're
2: oh, yeah. not real. Yeah, the headline all the time. I'll be like, What it's like and right. usually these then fake, fake headlines, headlines, into
0: it. Usually these fake headlines I can kinda like right away I'm like, that sounds fake. Let me verify that. This one hit me just the way the Twitter handle looked and the way the trade was like broken down. I was just like, Oh my god, this seems kind of doable. Right. Like and then I just it just hit me like very, very rarely does it like hit my stomach like, oh my God yeah and it like thank god it was fake because i don't know
2: i thought you were going to talk about like ask about like when you wake up in the middle of a dream like you had a dream about a headline and you woke up thinking it was real oh no but no have you ever done that like with something like you had a dream that was so real like like i've had them where like i've cheated on my wife or she's cheated on me in a dream (laughs) and like i wake up really really angry or feeling totally guilty depending on you know which which scenario
0: (laughs) that's 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 wild. I've, I've had dreams that I wake up and I was like having such a good time doing something and I'm like, oh no, I, I, I for a second, I felt like I was maybe actually doing that. I want to go back to that.
1: Yeah, I've, I've had some of those dreams. Bottom line, there's so much fake news out there that the, I don't believe anything until I read it on the Slow News Twitter site. That's when it all becomes real to me. That's probably the best sort you
2: can go for all your sporting news. I think so.
1: And that's um, the
0: bottom line, because Greg Cody
1: said so. Exactly. Um, I want to tell you a dad joke of the week, which is hilarious.
0: This is maybe the best.
1: This is maybe the best ever. Oh God,
0: they've been slacking lately. I'm not going to lie. Are you just getting these off the internet? Do you have a stock? Do you have like a stockpile of these that you're going just like to one a week? Or
1: oh, 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 I, can't reveal that. <laughs> I can't reveal that. Okay. When do cows get tired? When they're
0: moving.
1: That's not a bad guess. Damn. <laughs> when do cows get tired?
0: When they stay up past your bedtime. Mine um, was better. <laughs> Ooh, actually, past your bedtime is good.
2: That's not bad. I like That's mine though. Past your bedtime. Especially when you talk like, you know, how I grew up. Stay up past your bedtime. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure Yeti I, would say past your Okay. How, how would I say past your I don't want, I, don't, I guess we'll have to put them out to pasture. That's all I say, pasture. (laughs) Not pasture.
1: Before we... Uh, before we get uh, to the end of this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about uh, two sitcoms that uh, young Greg Cody adored in the mid-60s. The Addams Family and The Munsters. They were rival sitcoms. One, that's right, The Adams Family debuted one week before The Munsters in 1964. Both lasted two seasons.
0: So these were... They're both like creepy things. That's odd that those two were successful at the same time because they're both oddly similar overall premises like right of like creepiness well the
1: difference here the the big difference was that the adams family was smarter it was erudite uh snarky sort of creepy with a wink Whereas the Munsters was much more cartoonish, uh, sillier, a little more sophomoric, a little more of a Scooby Doo kind of goofy quality almost. I preferred the Adams Family, but what's also interesting is that sitcoms were very different before those two came along. Uh, they were all, most of them were, were family oriented, like Father's no- Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver. Whereas when the Adams Family and the Munsters came on, it was the vanguard of crazier sitcoms, like My Favorite Martian, I Dream of Jeannie. Mr. Ed the Talking Horse. So that uh, those changed sitcom industry, those two. But the reason it interests me now is that coming this fall, uh, there's a new Netflix comedy horror TV series called Wednesday Adams, which was the, the little daughter in the Adams family. And there's also out this fall is a is a film by Rob Zombie called The Munsters
0: hmm. Um who's playing Herman?
2: Probably a Hermit.
0: Um not because sure. that, that's not the sure. difference in the two shows for me. I remember watching both these shows. They were on some sort of Nick at night or something that I would watch growing up. And I was more of a Munsters guy because I just found of the two series, who's the more riveting character than Herman Munster. Right.
1: Yeah. A lot of people would nominate, uh, uncle Fester from the Adams family, Jackie Coogan in that role. Yeah.
0: But like, was he really someone you like rooted for? Ted Cassidy as Lurch. I mean, there were some great characters in both. I mean, there were some also ridiculous ones. Like, there's just a hand running around. Oh, yeah, the hand.
1: Uh, but but what interests me about these these remakes coming out this fall is that they're true to the original in that Wednesday... And I've seen the trailer. This is not a spoiler alert. Wednesday Adams is super dark and creepy. In, in the trailer, she's uh, dumping bags of deadly piranha fish into a pool where uh, water polo players are practicing. I mean, it's just...
0: Instantly gruesome. Sounds delightful. I'm glad that you actually did some research on this, because with your track record recently, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if you just read an article from the 60s and that, like, that this show was like being announced. Right. It's like, written,
1: Dad, yeah, an article written by Adam McKay, just to fool me personally. Right. Um, whereas the Munsters film coming out is really cartoonish. Wait, it was it
0: written good. by Adam McKay? <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Why? It's a Tim Burton uh, shtick. Which shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, hey, that kind of thing. Uh, was was mom think.
0: was mom more into Munsters or uh, Adam's Family?
1: Hey, Aileen, were you more into the Munsters or the Adam's Family?
2: Adam's Family. Oh wow! He says from behind a bathroom door. What about you, Yeti? I really didn't watch it either. But MC Hammer did did did, did a song for the Adam's Family movie, and you know back then. MC Hammer was my guy. Okay, what'd the song go like? Sing us a snippet. They do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. Live how they want to, Play how they want to play. Dance how they want to dance, sing how they sing. The Adams Family. Oh, well, it's, not, it's, okay. it's not facts the facts to Santa, but still. you
0: know. <laughs> How many different songs do you think we could throw at you right now and you could do that too? Like, I, I want you to, Dad, you do this too. There would be no way to really ever test this, but it, let's say that there was a way, like some app I came up with, that could literally do the math. And figure out how many songs you know. That'd be wild. And I'm not saying a stickler; like it doesn't have to be a song you know every word to. But if you can sing like the main hook of it, you know the song. Like I'm saying, I'm I'm going that easy of a level. Like how many songs do you think you could sing the chorus to? If like, let's just pretend that I had the right answer to that, what would your guess be?
2: I have no clue, man. Like let's just throw out probably less than I would initially think, or probably less than you would think. Especially with words. Tunes, I'm good with. But but words, I'm actually kind of bad with words. Right. You're not great with tunes.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm good with knowing a couple of lines of a song and then really
0: petering out. Bra-da-dee, bra dee yeah. bra.
1: <laughs> in the year 2525, that kind of thing, and da-da-da-da.
2: <laughs> I, I when did you change that kind of thing to more of the that kind of thing or that kind of thing? Because Alex Benson revealed that back in the day... He, he told me that it was more like, that
0: kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it, it's had different iterations.
1: I uh. think it just
0: depends on the mood, wherever you're dropping it, right? Like, there are times, if you're, you know, back in the, you know, a different time, if, like, you know, a beautiful woman might have walked by, it would have been like, that kind of thing. That kind of like, thing.
2: Yeah. Right as your mom comes out of the bathroom, yeah. you're saying, well, then that kind of baby. thing.
1: <laughs> but that's right. how baby originally, baby. <laughs>
2: My ni- My 11 year old daughter is going around saying that kind of thing. And she's going to have so many friends at school, Greg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the sing song, that kind of thing, that kind of thing was probably the original iteration. And the speed, the sped up, that kind of thing probably is more recent. If I yeah. had to. That's more of a like a podcast.
0: Animal. Like when like you do something that you're like proud of that wasn't like that, it was like purposely like dry, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know,
1: that kind of thing. Hey, that yeah. kind of thing. That kind of thing all right enough about me i mean it's it's just so sad when this podcast evolves into like too much about me you know because you know how much i just yeah, hate you, we just had
0: jim martz on
1: talking about me the man who invented greg cody hey enjoy that in a podcast uh near you like when, I, when, I, when i when
0: i when i hear you say that he invented you the visual that i get is not great really it's like a frankenstein thing no Baby! I've got being, no i've got him being like your father Oh my father. Wow. And you emerging from his penis. <laughs> I'm uh Is that too far? Did I go too
1: far? Wow. I'm gonna you know what? I gotta call up Uncle Dick and uh and just have him verify that my parents were my parents and that Jim March was not involved.
0: Oh. I thought maybe that's what you called I thought maybe you called your dad's penis Uncle Dick for a second.
1: <laughs> All right. We have devolved into a dark spot. We are uh a we're we are in, we're in Cock commander territory, so we're gonna we're going to get out of this podcast. Can we, can we air any of this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't... <laughs> That's why I hire producers. Hey, thanks, everybody, for enjoying this podcast. Even if you didn't, thanks for uh,
0: tolerating it. And we'll see you next week. I just want you to know, if that was a very short outro, we cut a lot of stuff out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my.
0: Because it got naughty. It did get naughty. Brad.